Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equip to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equip to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Welcome to Equipped to Be. I'm your host, Connie Alpers. Hey, I have a guest in the studio, and if you have been around here long, you know I love having guests on the program, but I have taken a break from having guests for various reasons, so I thought, well, it's 2023. Let's crank this back up, and I am so excited. Because today I have Erin Warren. Now, Erin is an amazing woman. We've been friends online for years, but we recently met in person at another women's conference where we were being poured into. And as women in ministry and women in leadership, you pour out, you pour out, you pour out, and you don't often have a time that other people are pouring into you, at least not intentionally. And this was an amazing conference that we were at. And so Erin and I kind of, gave each other a big hug. And it's like in real life, I mean, we're friends online, but now we can like say we really are friends. We have actually met. And I, after listening to her and following her for a very long time, I asked her to be on the program. So I'm so excited. Erin is just absolutely passionate about equipping and encourage women to discover God's truth for themselves, which I absolutely love because at some point, you got to be able to learn on your own. And Erin is passionate about that. She leads, she teaches, she's been in uh, women's ministry, she's written numerous Bible studies. She and her husband have three kids, and I'm going to let her tell you all about them because there may be certain things she wants to highlight, uh, special things about her family. But we're going to talk and have a conversation today about life and ministry and her the work that she's doing. And there was something in her book that I'm going to be talking to Erin about, and I haven't actually told her, so see how Erin does with that. But Erin, welcome to Equip to Be. I'm so glad you're on the show. Thank you so much, Connie. I'm so excited to be here. Okay, so I, you know, we were doing a little prep and just kind of, I was looking at your new book and just kind of you and I were chatting at the conference and you told me a little bit about your husband and kids. And I think it's safe to say you've had a bit of challenges, trials, struggles uh, for the past few years. Would that be fair or? <laughs> totally accurate. Totally accurate. Yeah. We are entering into, I believe, uh, year seven of just a lot of really hard. Um, there's been some good stuff in there, of course. And there have been moments where we have caught our breath, but it has just been uh, wave after wave after wave of some really hard things over the last probably seven years in our family. Now, your husband has had some health concerns, right? Yes. And that's really was the first wave that hit us back in 2016. I had just stepped into vocational ministry, which was a total, you know, God left field, not in my plan at all thing. And um, he started getting sick. And for about six months, we, you know, various doctors trying to figure it out. Eventually, he was in the hospital for about a week. And test after test, you know, we quickly ruled out some of the big scary things. But that still left us with a lot of we don't know what this is. And in the end, he was 
diagnosed with a um, autoimmune disease that had just really wreaked havoc on his body. And then we spent the next probably two years trying to get that under control. You know, we went through multiple treatments trying to figure out which one was going to be the one and what was going to work. And we we're just so thankful that God eventually got us there. But it was really, that was the first time in my life that I can look back and go, oh, like, this is really hard. Like, I, I'm bent toward positivity. It's one of my strengths. And so previous to that, I was able to just, you know, I kept, I always describe it as I, I never stayed under trial, which is actually if you are studying James, where it talks about the being steadfast under trials, that word steadfast means to stay under and I just, I would always duck out from under and be like, oh, it's fine. You know, like I had been laid off from my job, you know, my second day back from maternity leave. And I was just like, oh, it's fine. You know, I'm going to stay home now and do freelance work. And it's going to be great. You know, and I just, <laughs> this was the first time, like I couldn't, I couldn't duck out from under it. We kept calling it the, you know, going on a bear hunt. You know, you can't go over it, can't go under it, can't go around it. You got to go through it. And so it was in that season and people started going, you know, oh, you know, God's so good. And God's so faithful. And I'm like, my husband has a chronic illness. <laughs> What's good and faithful about this? And I'm like, God, I think I've misunderstood something about you. It was that season that really became a catalyst for what he has been doing in my life over the last seven years and really teaching me who he is and giving me a passion for his word and a passion to see other women walk in that as well. You know, it's interesting. You don't know this about me, but I'm a, a master strengths coach. And so when when you start talking, oh, positivity, you're like, oh, I know this language. Let's talk about it. But you know, that core of who you are, as far as the sun's going to come out later, there's always hope in whatever current seven-year situation I'm in. That's still there. I mean, that doesn't yeah. go away. But I love how you brought up James, where you sit under it. I mean, sometimes I often say, you know, I'm a, I was raised a very strong woman. You get knocked down, you get back up, you get knocked down, right. you get back up. And sometimes takes a bit, you have to get to like one knee and then another knee and you're on off, you know, off force for a little bit. Right. And then you sit and you're like, get up, get up, get up. But I love how you referenced that. Now, when this was happening, and the reason, friends, uh, I wanted Aaron to come on is it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter where, where, where God has you. Children, no children. A lot of children, a couple children, no children. Um, trials are common to all of us. And Aaron, usually when I'm out and I'm on the road or I'm talking with people, within like two or three questions, a woman is usually like close to being on the brink of tears because there's always something going on that we never see behind the scenes. But as your husband was dealing with uh, his, you know, trying to get answers, which is very frustrating, you still have three children and they're little yeah. children. And, you know, you got to get up yeah. and do everything. You can't just say, can I take a pass today? I mean, <laughs> as much as you may have wanted to. Right. But you still have these children. So tell us about your kids. So I have three kids, boy, girl, boy. My oldest, Tate, is now 13. My daughter, Bennett, is now 10. And my son, Kipton, is eight. And so they are just, I love them. I'm so thankful for them. <laughs> and uh, they are very purifying in my <laughs> spiritual journey. And at the time when my husband was diagnosed, they were, I think, let me do the math. Okay, yeah, they were two, four, and seven. 
And so, you know, it was, I was, I think what you said is so true. Like they still needed to eat like a lot. My kids eat so much food and I know they come by it naturally because I love food, but I mean, they're always hungry and they're always (laughs) wanting food and, and stuff. So, you know, like, yeah, they still had, you know, and it was hard. We had to, you know, especially in the the thick of that season, we had to step away from doing extracurricular activities. We had to calm our schedules. We weren't going to birthday parties. Like I would just tell people, I'm so sorry. Like our weekends, we cannot be running around town. And I, you know, I'm, I would love to, you know, if we can find a time another time, but I just, I couldn't be going and all over the place and just really having to protect. And then on top of that was, working part-time and leading a ministry. And that was... And it wasn't just a ministry. It was a large ministry. And I know... It was a very large ministry. And with large ministries come constant on the call, like 24-7, somebody has a crisis. There's always a crisis. There's always something you need to handle. So you have that, and you're trying to not let all these other women down because you are the director, you are leading it. So I know that that that's a big deal. And that's something. Now, I, I will say, I want to kind of like put a caveat around that. I just know a small ministry can be equally demanding. Right. But I know the ministry that you were heading up was a large ministry. And having been involved with all of that myself, whether they're small or large, they all have their unique drains and joys. Is that fair to say? No, I think it's absolutely fair to say. So you wrote something and you gave me your new, you have a new book out. You have several new books and I'm so excited. I'm going to, for all you listeners that want to know what has Erin done? Well, she's got a podcast. Her podcast is Feasting on the Truth. You can go to Erin Warren. I'll have that in the show notes. So go over to ConnieAlpers.com. It's all going to be there. A link to all her social media sites, a link to her podcast. And I am holding in my hands because she gave me a copy. And you signed it. Thank you so much. But it is feasting on the truth. I mean, you, like I said in your bio, you love God's word. You want others to know God's word. And and we're going to camp on that, just that phrase about knowing it. And as I was going and looking through feasting on the truth, there was something that you said that captured my attention. And it was by Whitney Cap, We Over Me. And you had written her a quote that was her statement that just really touched you. And it said, sometimes the bravest thing you can do is act on what you know is true about God, not what you feel about God. And I have to say, Erin, boy, that just, that hit me because, you know, this particular section of the book, Feasting on the Truth, you know, I speak a lot and sometimes I feel so unqualified and the enemy gets a hold of me and I just feel like a fake or an imposter or who are you? You know, you didn't do it all right. You weren't perfect. You're, you know, whatever it is, the enemy loves to whisper in our ear. But that particular quote, the reason why it resonated with me is I know that you stepped away from your ministry. You said, okay, Lord, I will. I will lay this down. Not really wanting to because you loved it, you grieved it, but you wanted what God had for you more. Can we talk just a few minutes about making those hard decisions of laying something down, letting something go, not letting fear of, well, if I do this, then I'll never have this opportunity again. 
what if I'm making the wrong decision? Can you unpack that for us? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, God called me out of that giant ministry role in very early 2020. And so my last day was mid-February 2020. And, uh, you know, like you want to talk about the God's timing. I mean, oh, my <laughs> like goodness. four weeks later, I'm now a homeschooling mom. And um, hey, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. And I know it, it just, it completely caught me off guard because I was, that was not something, you know, I went from big ministry, big influence, you know, I, like because of where I was, I could get an audience with people that people can't get audiences with. Right. To now I am locked in my house. I am responsible for schooling these three kids that I have no plan for in a house that is not built for this. And they want 4,982 snacks a day. And so for me, like I, all those questions, I was like, Lord, what are you thinking? And having to wrestle with doing what God has asked me. And it's so, you know, the Lord that year had given me the word for the year better. And it was rooted in this the year before it had been his way. And he's like, my way is better. My way is better. What doing what I ask you to do is better. And you know, I sat there for those first few months of that year going, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I'm having to wrestle the loss and grieve, you know, this, this place of influence and this ministry that I really thought was going one way. And now to be in the space where I go, I, I don't know, like, am I, am I just going to, you know, like fade into non-existence and that's just it. And I'm going to go live my life. And Am I going to get to use my gifts again? I think that was something for me. Like I got to grip my heart for his word and for teaching his word. And that was something I was so passionate about. And I was like, Lord, how am I going to do this now? Not in that position. And, and then as I watched 2020 continue, the Lord just, he opened doors that I had no idea even existed. Like when we talk about God can do imaginably more than we ask or imagine, our brains always go to more money, more influence, mm. big, you know, wide. And he's like, Hey, I, I'm going to give you these 20 women and y'all are going to do Bible study on Tuesday night. And then they're going to ask you again, like, Hey, can we keep going? And then they're going to ask you again, can we keep going? And then the Lord just built feasting on truth. I mean, it really was, it was born out of these women who were still hungry for God's word in what, you know, I call in my seven years of, was the second wave of really hard things for us to walk through. You know, my husband has a chronic illness. And so we dealt with a lot of, you know, fear of unknown and fear of not knowing and not a, not the unhealthy, ungodly fear. I just mean like, we just literally were like, I don't, I don't know what does this mean for our family in this season with, you know, a husband, you know, a dad who's now the primary breadwinner winner of our family and, you know, who is at a high risk. And so, you know, I think as I kind of wrestled all those feelings, you know, and then God's like, Hey, there's this thing called online, <laughs> you know, like we can do zoom and we can, break up into small groups on zoom and we can still study the Bible. And it's just been incredible to see. And I still like, I still lay that down. I lay feasting on truth down every day and go, 
um, as we started this year, I laid it down again. And I said, God, is this what you want me to keep doing this year? I will do it. If you need me to lay it aside, if this season is done, I will set it aside. And I think the longer we walk with the Lord and the longer we lay those things down and surrender, the more easily we are able to do that because we continue to see how he does guide us and he does lead us and he does do things that are beyond our imagination if we are just willing to just put aside our own agenda um, and say, okay, Lord, like I want to do what you want for me. And if that is, if that's to be at home and, and pour into my, my kids, I will do that. And if that's to go back to a job, I will do that. And if that's to lead this ministry or to teach this Bible study or to write this book or, you know, whatever he is calling you to do, it's always better to do it his way than it is to try and do it your own. You're so right. Uh, there was a season in my life when I was at the, like the pinnacle. I was I was young and I had this dream job and I, I mean, it was everything. Everything in that realm was exactly, it's like I couldn't have scripted it any better. It's not like I was able to do it. I just kept showing up and God kept opening the doors. And then God said, uh, no, I want you to pivot. Uh, you and your husband are going to go, you're going to move and you don't know it yet, but you're pregnant and you're going to move <laughs> and you're going to quit. Both of you are going to quit your jobs. And that means your insurance is going to be gone. And that means that mm. you're going to need to sell that stock that you have because, oh, you're going into ministry and <laughs> you're not going to have any money um, and you're going to seminary. And so, you know, here I was this career woman. I That's the way I was raised. I was raised, you career first. So here I'm this career woman, and then uh, we we move, and I quit my job. And so as you were talking about your story, I thought, yeah, it's just, it's so important from where I sit, where I am in my season of life, and why I just adore your heart is perspective is so much. And if you haven't had trials, it's, um, I'm not going to say ask for some, but you certainly do learn a lot. <laughs> It's kind of like you kind of learn what you're made of, and and you're kind of forced, if you allow it, to really lean into the Lord. And and so you talk about in feasting on the truth about the difference between you know knowing about God and you know most people they're just they Google everything. I mean Google's God, right? Google knows more right. Bible verses. We can just get like a syllable and say there's a syllable that sounds like this in the Bible, and you pop it in uh, Google, and probably now you could do OpenAI, and it would tell you right. every relevant verse to uh, the Bible in in fifteen different you know translations. But right. in your book and your heart's desire is for women to know God. I mean, you can't fudge that. You can't fake it. And you can't, in your season of life, you, you may not have hours and hours and hours. You just may have windows of time. But I love your focus on that. So let's talk about knowledge. The difference between, you said in the book, head knowledge and heart knowledge is like 12 inches. I remember, I remember hearing that when I was younger. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that makes sense until a point in time where you do more studying and you're like, meh, maybe not. So explain what this difference of knowledge between head knowledge, heart knowledge, and what God has shown you. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in the church, you know, and I mean like big C church, not necessarily like the church I went to. I just think on a whole in the eighties and nineties, we, you know, we just kind of, we kind of created this emotional experience. And I think this is why like that Whitney Cap quote is so powerful 
It's because we created, we kind of created this emotional experience with the Bible, with prayer, with going to church, with going to women's events. And, and we allow our emotions to kind of dictate. And that's why the, the second part of that quote is something that Whitney's dad told him, her that, that when we stand up and we proclaim the truth, it isn't fake, it's faith. And so, you know, we kind of had taken, we would tell people like, oh, if Bible study is creating head knowledge, but, but you've got to move it from your head to your heart. You've got to move it from your head to your heart. But as I began studying in Greek, the word for knowledge, um, it's essentially applied knowledge. But knowledge for them, if you knew something with your head, you it propelled you to action. You felt it. It was a whole body experience. And so when it talks about knowledge in the Bible, it's not talking about learning facts about God. It is experiencing him in a way that just, it changes your whole perspective and it changes your whole being. And I think that's where Bible study um, has kind of gotten a bad rap over the years, because I think sometimes people look at Bible study and think, oh, you're just gaining more head knowledge for yourself. But we are called to, in First Peter, we are called to increase in knowledge. We are called to continually be learning. We will never reach an end to knowledge when it comes to scripture and it comes to God. And that's good news. That's good news because if you could figure everything out about God, then you have far too small a God. Oh, isn't that true? That's so true. You say that it's so important to have firsthand knowledge, and you call it building biblical literacy. I think, Aaron, of the verse that talks about, you know, not to be puffed up with knowledge. I mean, the more you know about who God is, what he has done, and the more you don't get prideful, almost the more humble you become because you realize, but apart from him, I can do nothing. I mean, I can do nothing. And all of my goodness, and you talk about that a little bit in the book, you know, and all my goodness, my strength, my, you know, whatever it is, my titles, um, apart from him and knowing a deep knowledge of who he is, we really can't do anything. And then we start trying to gut it all out and doing it all on our own. Um, And then you, I want to skip over here because I I just, I love, so listeners, I I want you to, I'm just going to give a plug, Erin, hope you don't mind this, Um, but your book is actually coming out very soon and, or it's out now. Yes. It's called Feasting on Truth, Savor the Life-Giving Word of God. And friends, you know, I I only recommend books I really... um, I think are good <laughs> or accurate. Um, and not to say that they aren't, but you know, um, I want to be careful because if you go and get this book, then my name is now, you know, kind of like, well, she told me and that book was, you know, really bad. <laughs> um, I don't want that. So I I really encourage you to get this book. One thing, Aaron, I found in as I was going through your book is how it's a very easy read. You make it understandable. So if someone, let's say, does know like about God, maybe they don't buy into God, uh, maybe they've only heard about God, or they don't understand it because they've been disenchanted. And as someone you know, like you have been in women's ministries, you know a lot of hurt has happened over the years, and it will continue to happen because we are people, and humans do do that. We are sinners. But I I love the ease at which you relate in your book and how you just 
um, make it understandable. And and why does this matter? And it's not five simple steps. There's not 10 easy ways. It's uh, a drawing in, which is what the Lord does. You know, you ever find he doesn't just give us these little steps. He draws us to a decision to step away, to let go, to embrace, to do the hard, to get back up or to sit back down, to not run away or to run away. I mean, he... He leads, and I I love how in your book you you just you have that warmth of relatability of hey I'm not all there I'm I'm with you I'm running hard and fast to the Lord and I get walloped with unexpected surprises you talk about your you know your children and they've had some struggles and that has radically upended your day to day. And it will for a while. So, friends, I I just had to say that because um, I really enjoy Aaron's book. And you know, you have a podcast, yeah. And you're going to be starting. Well, you have actually have. Well, you have a podcast, but you have several studies. So, yeah. Tell us, you're in like season seven that starts soon, and you're going to be doing the book of Romans. But what are the other seasons, and what other books have you written? If you can remember them all. Because if you were to ask me, I'd probably say, I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, So my my passion is to help women discover God's word for themselves. And so sometimes it might seem counterintuitive to have Bible study books when I want you to read his. um, But what I found in my life and, and what God really took me on this journey was that I didn't know how to do it. And so you know, the big word is inductive Bible study. It just means studying with your own heart and mind first before you go to other sources. And so the books, there's kind of, I have three levels of Bible study, and but all of them are bent toward a God-centered inductive style of study. Um, I found some of them like, you know, some of the methods that are out there, they're all good. Like none of them. So if you found an inductive studies method that works for you, I'm not saying stop doing that one and do this one. There's not a one right way to do it. However, what I found was some of them were just, they were very complicated and my brain just, I'm tired. I got three kids and I'm like, I can't, you know, this is a lot. And then some of them were just too free form. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. And so what I wanted to do is create something that asked four simple questions of scripture. What does this say? What does this say about God? What is this? mean and how should I respond? And so each study book kind of follows through some of that format. I mean, I'm telling you the most, my absolute favorite and most life-changing Bible study that I have ever done is on the tabernacle. The It's called To Dwell in Our Midst, and it's a study of the tabernacle and how it points us to Jesus. And that that study helped me understand my salvation and what Jesus did for me more than any other Bible study I've ever done. Um, kind of coupled with that, there's also, um, it's called stories from the wilderness and it's a a study that goes, follows the narrative of the wilderness journey. So the, the actual story of the Israelites leaving Egypt and arriving in the promised land takes place over four different books. And so I really love this perspective of kind of lifting up those stories and following them through Exodus and, um, numbers and Deuteronomy and, um, into Joshua and just kind of seeing it is if you're in a 
season of hardship and you're in, you're asking God, who are you? And God, I think I've misunderstood you. Um, this wilderness study, it's, it, God took them in the wilderness to show them who he is. And, you know, we've talked about that throughout this whole kind of conversation about how like you are just poised to see God differently when you are in a wilderness season. And, and we are all promised you, you don't even have to pr- pray for trials because <laughs> John sixteen thirty three tells us, you know, like in this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Um, and so um, those two are probably my favorite. Those I call in a guided inductive. So it's going to actually give you a little bit more of that framework to kind of help you as you were learning to study. And so that's a great, those two are really great place to start. I have Two other that are very simple inductive that are very focused on the character of God in the scripture. So one is called Light and Life, and it's a study of Psalm 119. It's all about the word of God. So if you're going, why do I need to read the word and what does it, what benefit does it have for me? That is a great study. And it's, you write out a past eight verses for each stanza, and then you just answer two simple questions kind of centered around what are the benefits of God's word and what is the character that we see of God in these passages. The other simple inductive one is called Waymaker. And um, it is a, it's an Advent study technically through the book of Hebrews, um, but you can do it at any time. And, um, and it's, it, it, it might be one of the most powerful things to study during Christmas. It's so feels like it's out of left field, but then when you do it, you just see why he came in the first place. And so, you know, like my heart is just to have people studying his word. And so the teaching for all of those is available for free on my podcast or on my YouTube channel. And so all the resources are there for you. And, um, you know, you can find more information about them on my website as well. And then I do have two, like very, what I would call true inductive. So we're in the midst of Romans. Um, but, and those are very, a, a lot more, um, it, the, the book will kind of give you some framework for answering those questions, um, but it has very little question, very little commentary and stuff. And it's just fun. I mean, Romans is powerful. And then I have one on John. So life is difficult. And regardless of your seasons, you know, people think, you know, before you have kids, it's easy peasy, but it's not. Or when you have littles or middles or high schoolers or college kids or all the kids are out of the house, it's just different. And we're going to constantly be faced, but we we have to keep coming back to the source and the truth. And now is a great time because our world, I mean, we didn't even get into anything that we know we're all dealing with. You know, er, yeah. things are topsy-turvy. What's right's wrong. What's wrong's right. And you get in trouble if yeah. you try to say what's right. And, you know, you get all, all kinds of wokeness going on and just everything that's happening. If you don't know who God is, it makes navigating the day in and day out, the the grind of life, the the upheaval, the challenges that you face with raising your children, with being a wife, being if you're married, it makes it more difficult. It's not that it's, hey, you just know who God is and it's all easy peasy. And no, it just is a, it gives you the source and the strength to be able to walk through it in a way that brings glory to God. So Aaron, I am so grateful that you came on the Equipped to Be show. Friends, make sure you go over to the show notes and you... Go find Aaron. You can find her all over. I'll have everything 
uh, over there at ConnieAlberts.com. And make sure you share this with a friend. We appreciate your support. We're here for you. We do this show to be a blessing and a benefit to you. That's why we do this show every week. And so I'm glad, Erin, you said yes. I'm glad we bumped into each other at that conference, even though we live in the same city. (laughs) I know. um, Now we actually can grab a cup of coffee or something. Yes. Knowing that we are so close. But thank you for coming on Equipped to Be. And I look forward to hearing Uh, the next study that comes out and to uh, learning more and watching you grow and watching your ministry go as you continue to say to either let go or embrace what God has for you and your family. So listeners, thank you for tuning in. We will be back again next week. So make sure that you subscribe uh, on your favorite podcast so that it comes in. And don't forget, Sign up for the email because we send a weekly email reminder because I know how busy you are. It's crazy. All of a sudden, another Wednesday rolls around. But you can subscribe to our email, have the show notes uh, in there. We'll remind you of upcoming episodes, and we will see you next week. Have a great day. Thanks, Erin, for coming on the program. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member. And hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.